Y'all, find out what your gift is. If you're bored with church, you're probably not using your spiritual gift. If you're complaining at church, you're probably not utilizing your spiritual gift, no matter what it is. When you figure out what God has given you to use to edify the body of Christ, you can't get to church fast enough. You can't serve the body fast enough because it gives you life like nothing else. So find out how God has gifted you and exactly how God has gifted you. There is a hole or a deficit in the body of Christ that you need to fill with your gift. You are needed. God needs you because you need to do what God has given you. It's going to bring you life like you've never felt before. It's time now for the Autumn Mile Show. Hey, hey, guys, it is your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome back to a special episode of the Autumn Miles Show. You know, your girl, every once in a while, she needs to go on vacation with her family. (laughs) So that is what I'm doing. But just so we don't, you know, neglect you because I don't want to neglect you. Um, We have put together a really special show that I'm recording today. So while I'm out, y'all can still enjoy the show. Okay. This is going to be a little bit different. We're going to do a Q&A show today. I have got unbelievable questions that you guys have sent me that I want to get to. I want to really take my time on these because I think they're really, really good. They're solid. And you guys send them in, so we want to honor you. Um, Before we get to that, I want to say I want you guys to fully embrace the summer, okay? I've been hearing so much about resting, and I don't rest enough, and I need to stop, and I need to take a second. I need to take a breath. I'm doing too much. And I really do feel like this is kind of the season for us to obey the Sabbath and for us to take a Sabbath and enjoy our children, our family. I mean, Mike and I, my producer and I were just talking before um, we started recording. The time is short. I know you think you have, you know, forever with your your kids and they're young, but it's not. I am entering the summer before my daughter is a senior. And man, that flew by so fast. Take a second, sit with your kids, watch them play in the pool, enjoy it. I just really feel, and that's that's exactly what I'm doing right now as you're listening to this. I'm enjoying my family. <laughs> so getting into uh, the recording today and the questions that we have for you today, I want to introduce to you someone that you may not know but she works behind the scenes right here on the podcast. And she is here every single week. Just because you don't know who she is doesn't mean she's not vitally important to what we're doing. Her name is Jessica. We call her Jess over here. You might actually know her voice from the intro that we do because she does do the intro. And I do believe she also does the outro unless we've changed it. And I don't think that we have. Um, But I've asked her to come on and talk through some of these questions with me. So I want to introduce her. Hey, Jess, how are you on this side of recording this time? Yes, it's so good to be here. I'm really excited about this episode. I think it's going to be really great. 
And I feel like with each episode you bring, Autumn, there's always this fresh element to it. It's new, it's relevant, it's relatable. And this episode is going to be just the same as always. It's different than the normal format, but Mm -hmm. in regards to how it's going to speak to people, it's going to get straight to the heart. And so I'm really excited for this. I love it. I think, you know, sometimes the question at at the end of every show, sometimes we have to rush through Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, man, I just preached for 55 minutes. So we've got to go really (laughs) fast. Yeah. And today I want to take our time and I've got lots of scriptures pulled up. And I've also just been praying, Spirit of God, what answer would you give? to this situation. And so I'm excited too. So I want you to just fire away, girl. I'm going to let you take it and I'll end this up um, when we're done. Okay. Awesome. That sounds great. So this first question, it says, I'm divorced. I'm still going to the same church my wife and I went. I know people have heard bad things about me when I was a terrible husband, and it always feels like people are looking at me in a bad way. I want to continue going because it is still my community, but should I find a new church? This is a really fantastic question. You want to just kind of recap that again, just to make sure that everyone got that for me, Jess? Yeah. So it sounds like this guy and his ex-wife are divorced now, and they're attending the same church. And he's starting to feel maybe a little uncomfortable or unsettled there, knowing that these people have heard bad things about him. And so he's struggling in the tension of, should I stick it out and be committed here because these are my people, this is my community, I'm established? Or should I, you know, go find community elsewhere? Thank you. I want to say, first and foremost, I'm proud of you for staying in church. Let me just, let me just start with that. Um, Having been divorced myself, you know, when you go through something so incredibly traumatic, like a divorce, sometimes the first thing to do is to pull away from God because you feel guilty or ashamed or whatever. Um, Because, you know, being divorced in the church is is almost like wearing a scarlet letter these days. And I know because I felt that for many, many years until the Lord set me free. I want to read this verse and then I'll get into just my advice, but I want to, I want to read this verse to you. It's out of Hebrews 10, 23, and it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, that is a fantastic passage of scripture that I could really unpack for you, but I want to focus on verse 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. We're going to come back to that for this question. Not forsaking our own assembling together or going to church or in this case, it was synagogue, just being together as the body of Christ, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, 
this is what I would say to you right now. And we know this is a man. You need to really think through the health of yourself and the way staying in that body ultimately glorifies God. And let me just press into this a little bit. Your community's there. I 100% get that. You're going to church. The Bible says that Hebrews 10, 25, don't forsake the assembly of yourself together. So you're doing that. That is fantastic. What is your motive for staying? Is it God wants me to stay here because this is where God has me or I'm staying out of spite? Okay. Mm. Why are you staying? What is your motivation in staying? And only you can answer that. Okay. When it says Hebrews 10, 24 says this, uh, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Stimulate one another to love and good deeds. It does not say stimulate one another to fight and gossip. Okay. If you are to stay in that body and your ex-wife is there as well, and you know that people are looking down on you, gossiping about you, whatever, in order to stimulate love and good deeds, you need to go and have conversations with those people who might be anti you staying in that body. And you need to sit down like a big boy and try to see if there is some sort of unity that can be created through a conversation with those people. Okay. I'm really big about unity. I'm really big about uh, in the body of Christ. I'm really big about the spirit of God. The same spirit of God that lives in you lives in me. So we can find something to be unified about. I don't think it's good if you're staying just because you're just staying. Okay. Seek the Lord. What is God telling you to do? If he's telling you to stay, have hard conversations with people who might have a problem with it to promote unity in the body of Christ because you don't want to be there and cause disunity or gossip or anything unhealthy in the church. You don't want that to be, you know, something that you cause. I hope that makes sense. Jess, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. That's a really good answer. And I think it's interesting, too, because how he worded it, he said, these people have heard bad things about me when I was a terrible husband. And I don't know if that's just how it was typed or if that's what actually he meant, that there was a point in time when he was a bad husband. And if that's kind of how he worded it is a confession, yeah. I think that that's beautiful and that's bold. And if he's grown past that and he can now humbly admit, I was a bad husband, mm -hmm. I think that sometimes that kind of discomfort, there is a time where it's wise to walk away. And then there's a time when it's wise to stand your ground and you let your integrity shine through. But I also think, let me, let me piggyback just on what you said, because that was a, a super, super good catch in the way he worded that. When we're creating unity in a body, when we know that there's obvious, a divorce is like a big deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is not like, you know, I don't like the way you said that to me. Like this right. is step, separating what God has joined together. Yeah. If he knows that, listen, I slipped up in this marriage mm -hmm. and I did something that was not good, mm -hmm. then there needs to be an apology offered. 
I agree. Listen, I am so sorry. And Mm -hmm. I understand how you feel. And like I said, we're always marching towards unity. Mm -hmm. We're marching toward the fruit of the spirit. Um, So that was a really good catch. Thank you. The next question says, I feel like I have nothing to offer, but want to do more for God and for the church. How do I figure out what I'm good at? Okay, let's do another little recap on that, Jess, just to keep in line with all the other questions. Yeah, definitely. So this person wants to do more for God and for the church, but they feel like they don't have very much capacity. And so their question was, how do I figure out what I'm good at? And I think that I'm, I might just be implying this as part of it, but I think that another question this person is asking indirectly or should be asking is, not only how do I figure out what I'm good at, but what do I realistically have capacity for? And what is God calling me to do with that? Okay. The first part of this question says, I feel like I have nothing to offer. So I'm going to focus on the nothing to offer, Mm -hmm. but want to do more for God and for the church. How do I figure out what I'm good at? So let me take you to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, which we all have when we come believers, we have spiritual gifts. Brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Verse two, you know that when you were pagans or not believers, you were led astray to the mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God says, gee, okay, let me skip down. Verse four. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. To each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit and to another, the word of knowledge, according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit and to another, the affecting of miracles and to another prophecy and to another distinguishing of spirits and another various kinds of tongues and to another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, but one and the same spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I'm going to keep going. For even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we're baptized in one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we are all made to drink one spirit. Okay, this goes on and on, but I want to be very clear with this question. I feel like I have nothing to offer. Listen, this passage of scripture right here says, you do. You were given a gift by God Mm -hmm. to be utilized 
in the body of Christ. Every single person that is listening to the sound of my voice, if you are a believer, you have been given a spiritual gift of some sort to help edify the body of Christ. Your gift, whoever you are that asks this, is desperately needed in the body of Christ, okay? It is supernaturally given to you. Now, how do we find this out? We find out by several different ways. One very easy way is you could take what's called a spiritual gift test, okay? There are these geniuses, and there's tons of them, have come up with ways to actually question us in order that we answer in a way that would tell us what our spiritual gift is and how we can edify the body of Christ. It's a simple Google. Just Google it, spiritual gift test, look it up. It's not that hard to do. And when you find out what it is, no matter what it is, you are going to be shocked because that thing that you get to do, your spiritual gift, whatever that is, when you are walking in that gift, when you're walking in that strength, that supernatural, um, you know, gift, like a, like a Christmas present that God has given you, you feel more alive than you do doing anything else. I mean, there are so many different things, you know, people are like, go get a massage or go, you know, get your nails done or relax or go to a beach or whatever. Those things don't fill me up more than walking in my spiritual gift because it is me at one with the spirit of God in me and the spirit of God is overflowing through me in Mm -hmm. order to edify the body of Christ. Y'all, Find out what your gift is. If you're bored with church, you're probably not using your spiritual gift. If you're complaining at church, you're probably not utilizing your spiritual gift. When you, no matter what it is, when you figure out what God has given you to use to edify the body of Christ, you can't get to church fast enough. You can't serve the body fast enough because it gives you life like nothing else. So for this simple question, and that's one of the reasons why we chose it, because it was simple but profound at the same time, because so many people have this question, find out how God has gifted you and exactly how God has gifted you. There is a hole or a deficit in the body of Christ that you need to fill with your gift. You are needed. God needs you because you need to do what God has given you. It's Mm going to bring you life like you've never felt before. You've never felt before. I love this. I thought that was really practical. Yeah. Amen to that. I love that. That's so good. Okay. The next question, the person writes, it seems like my current friend group has started gossiping and just having so much empty conversation. How do you ease your way out of a group of friends you have had for many years without it being super awkward? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's the answer to my question. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, here, okay. So, okay, we left this question because I think at some point we all outgrow our communities, especially when they be- start becoming toxic. There are seasons in many, many people's lives where they're like, "I'm done with these people." You know, they're, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not vibing with them anymore, or I just feel like the Lord is teaching me so much. Here's the thing I want to focus on. How do you ease your way out of a group of friends you have had for many years without it being super awkward? It's not ever 
not going to be awkward when you're leaving a group of friends that you had forever. Okay. My advice would be to distance yourself, but make peace with the awkward. Let's go ahead and just say, Lord, you know, I need to leave this group of friends because they're gossiping. They're having empty conversation. This is your words, not mine. Lord, give me the grace and the boldness to step away. And Lord, give me the strength when it's awkward so I don't turn around and run back. I think one of the things that we are fighting so much in our world today is we don't want anything to be hard or awkward or, you know, we run away, we run away with hard conversations. We don't want to offend people. And of course we don't want to offend people. We don't want to make people mad. We don't, you know, we don't want there to be fights for no reason or disagreements or whatever. We don't want there to be more gossip than there needs to be. And I totally understand this. You want to keep the peace, but you want to do something that ultimately will not keep the peace. Okay. So make peace with the awkward. Do you think that when Peter and James and John all left their families to follow Jesus, mm. that it was like, oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not weird at all. Yeah, we fully support you. No, of course. Do you think that um, when Matthew stopped being a tax collector to follow Jesus, he wasn't questioned? It was awkward. It was weird. But you want to follow Jesus or you want to stay being a tax collector for uh, in a time in history where it was incredibly toxic? Which one do you want to do? Sometimes the awkward is necessary to get to the life-giving community that's on the other side of that awkward transition. So my advice to you would make peace with the awkward, distance yourself, listen to how the spirit leads you. Don't cause division, be truthful when asked, but ultimately, if God is saying this is a toxic group of people for you to hang around, I want you to find a community of believers that are going to edify you, that are going to breathe life into you and speak life into you, then the awkward will be a part of it. And I'm sorry, that's just the way, that's just my answer. Yeah. I'll tell you this, personally for me, there have been times in my life where I'm thinking, I have thought to myself, this relationship, it's sometimes is one-sided. Maybe I'm giving and this person isn't, or I feel like, you know, a person calls me and it's always a therapy session and it's like, please help me with all of my problems. And then it's like, okay, bye. After I pray for them, you know, all that kind of stuff. And not that that's, you know, whatever we, we're all going to always going to have, you know, times like that in relationships, but you know, when it gets too much and you know, when you're being taken advantage of, or, you know, when, you know, there, your friend is not walking with the Lord and you are. And one of the things that I've done over the years, I love people and I love friends, but I have made conscious choices to maybe not defriend people because I just don't like that but maybe move them to a different level of influence in my life, okay? This is someone I used to depend on to pray for me on a regular basis, and they're just not there with the Lord. I'm not gonna cut them out. I'm just gonna remove some of their influence in my life so that there isn't a weird tension. Mm. I'm there for them, but in my own heart, there is an understanding this person is just not in the same place that they were 
So I'm going to be here for them. And I'm just going to understand, I'm going to need to look for someone else that's going to pray for me every day. Does that make sense, Jess? Am I making oh, sense yeah. with that? Yeah. So, so rather funny. than cutting them out, one of the things that I've learned to do is keep them in, but remove their influence in your, their heavy influence in your life. Yeah. And that's where boundaries can just be very, very healthy and very helpful. That's a beautiful word. Boundaries. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. And just having grace for the fact that we're all in different seasons at different times. And sometimes we're the needy one that's, you know, taking too much from other people. And sometimes we're the one that can pour into people more than others are for us. Mm -hmm. And I think just holding people with an open hand and having grace for the different seasons that they're in and that you're in and realizing that you're not in a position where you're any better than them. It's just a different season. Mm -hmm. And so honoring them in that, but maybe that's honoring them and yourself with boundaries mm -hmm. and just kind of pulling back a little bit. Just removing, removing that heavy influence. I think when we don't, when you know that someone is, you know, offending you and gossiping about you and they're maybe they're partying and you don't want to, or they're whatever. And, you know, they're just living a lifestyle that you don't want. I think it's removing their influence. Otherwise, you're just going to be mad all the time. You're mm. going to be frustrated all the time. And you're going to expect something from them that they're just not able to give you back. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's I'm funny. huge on this. I have a lot of friends for a lot of different reasons. And it's it's great. I have my like fun friends, my spiritual friends, my friends where I'm like, oh my goodness, look at this new nail color. Like, yeah. I, got, I got lots of best friends for lots of different reasons. And yeah. I love them. I love them all so much. But yeah, so that would be my answer to that. That's good. All right. So then this last question that we got, it says, my friends think their doubt in God is a good thing. Like it's good to doubt faith because it makes you develop your own. What does the Bible say about doubt? This is a question that's worded real weird. <laughs> yeah. At first I'm like, eh, I don't like it. I think honestly, I don't, I think that it comes with the deconstructing that we see going on. I think that yes. that's the term that they're mm. getting at. It's like, it's good to deconstruct it because then you know what actually is truth. It's yeah. out my faith. So I would just say to this, this is nothing new. I think a lot of, we want to sensationalize everything in our society. Thank you, social media, for making everything a huge deal. This is nothing new. And I'll, let me take you back 2,000 years, if I could. And G, uh, let's see, Mark 9, 17. And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son, possessed with a spirit, which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground. He foams at the mouth. He grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out and they could not. He answered them and said, oh, unbelieving generation, this is Jesus. How long shall I be with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring him to me. Oh, I love gangster <laughs> Jesus. He's so awesome. They brought the boy to him. When he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into convulsion and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. He asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, 22. It has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can, 
all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. He yelled, I do believe. Can you imagine the exasperation on this dad's face? And Jesus is saying, all things are possible. And all of a sudden, it's almost like this father had had enough. I do believe. Help my unbelief. This is nothing new. Your doubt that God will is more than 2,000 years old, okay? So what you are experiencing right now is absolutely nothing new. And let me tell you something. In this situation, the guy didn't need someone to say, oh, good job, you're doubting. The guy needed help with his unbelief. He didn't need us to all sit around and have a pity party about how good it is to doubt. He Mm. needed God to step in and say, I see your unbelief. I understand that this is hard, but I'm going to show you something to help with that. So rather than us sitting around and I started getting on my soapbox and this kind of stuff, sitting around and applauding ourselves about how much we doubt, How about we just ask God to help us with our doubt or our unbelief? Because ultimately, you're not doubting your faith. Ultimately, you're doubting God. Because God is the object of our faith. Why would we ever have faith in faith? That's ridiculous. We have faith in a God who can make a way when there's no way. So I'm going to look at this a little bit differently. Rather than saying it's good to have doubt, How about we say, God, help me with my doubt Hmm. because doubt is 2000 plus years old, guys. This is nothing new. We all doubt. I doubt. I have my moments where I say, God, I know what you've said, but I cannot believe for it yet. And I have told this message so many times. And Jess, I think you've you've been on since I've uh, used this point. If you can't believe, agree. Yes. If you're not there where you can say, I have 100% full faith, because a lot of us don't have full faith 100% of the time. That's just being honest. We're human. We're, we are this guy. If you can't believe, agree. Just agree with his word mm. until you believe it. I really find it hard that we're all applauding ourselves for doubting. I don't want, I don't, that's not me. I don't want to doubt, but I do. Yeah. At times, because I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. I don't see, God, how you're going to come through. I don't get it. So God, help me with my doubt. I don't want to, I don't want an applause and to be happy that I'm doubting. Yeah. I need you to intercede so that you strengthen my faith. So I took this one. uh, I mean, I don't know. I get, I, you know how I am with this kind of stuff. um, (laughs) It's helpful though. Yeah. What does the Bible say about doubt is how was the punchline of that question. The Bible says a lot of people doubt. Hmm. And that's what, I mean, I could, there's the read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, basically everybody doubted. Um, even the disciples doubted that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. This is nothing new. Deconstruction is nothing new. Look at the, up the reformation. I mean, look up, it, it is nothing new, but rather than applauding ourselves, let's say, God, I do doubt. Let's acknowledge it and say, God, help me with my doubt. Just like he did this man. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful point that you make there. It's like, it's okay to have doubt, but take it to God. That's the key element of it. 
And I think that there's also a difference between having doubt and wanting to justify it and prove it right Mm -hmm. and having questions and saying, I don't understand this part of scripture. What does that mean? How could God have done that? What did that look like in this context? And then becoming a student of the Bible and learning, asking the Holy Spirit, show me what this means. Help me understand. So I, I completely agree with everything you said there, Autumn. And it's just a distinguishing factor between doubt and having questions. Yeah. And you can sit in the tension and just have questions and bring them to God. Let him answer them. And he will. Yeah. Yeah. That's why God is so amazing. Yeah. He didn't look at that guy and say, you moron. He showed him. This is what I can do. Look <laughs> yeah. at what I can do. You know, I just never want to get to the point where I'm slapping, you know, high-fiving people because I'm doubting, thinking it's a good thing. Mm. I don't want to doubt, but I do, you know, and the Lord is the way. I mean, I remember going through an entire year. I was just telling the story last night of my life. Learning God, are you actually going to listen to me? You know, help me. I don't believe that you are. Show me that you are. And through his grace and the patience of him in our process, because I know it, (laughs) he used a lot of patience with me. He was able to grow my faith in a way that I would have never grown it without that year of questioning Mm. and asking him to intervene. So yeah, Jess, you did a great job. I'm so proud of you. Good job, girl. Thank you. Look at her over there just bantering away. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun being on with you, Autumn. You just bring the word of God and it's so powerful every time. Every week I'm over here behind the scenes, just like welling up with tears, taking notes. And it's just, it's beautiful. You're the same person on as you are off. You know, we get, (laughs) which is good. You're consistent. Your character, your integrity, you're consistent. And that's just beautiful. And that's a testament of God's work in you and who you are. So thanks for having me on. Thanks for letting me be a part of this and just helping you get your message out. Jess, you are so precious. You're so precious. And I'm love. We had a transition there for a minute with Mike was like, I've got a new girl and I love our old, uh, I don't she's not old, but she moved on and did a different job. So he needed to replace her. And I'm telling you, met you, worked with you. And I'm like, this girl is solid gold. And Aww. you have just been such a blessing since you've come on. And Thank I'm so you thankful. So, much. so you guys give a little, you know, air claps to our girl, <laughs> Jess. She killed it today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jess. And thank you guys for listening. I will be back next week and we will launch next week our series on holy. And I'm really excited about this series, guys. We're going to have church. So good. We're going to have church up in this. St- We're all going to be crying. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Your tissue guys. box ready. I'm coming back fresh from vacay. And we're going to talk about holy. Oh, it's going to be good. Okay. Love you guys. I'll see you next week. Right back here on the Autumn Mile Show. See you then. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. 
She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show. Hey guys, it's Autumn, and I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching autumnmiles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith.